0: At the start of last season, Brentford beat Arsenal 2-0 on the opening weekend of the Premier League campaign, a sign that the Bees were potentially a serious top-flight force after a 74-year absence and that the Gunners were their same old flaky selves. Since then, Brentford have continued to impress, while Arsenal have improved. But have their demons really gone away? I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. Another serious top-flight force is my army of elite tipsters and analysts. Marco Hay has been in the bet cave as ever, crunching the numbers. Mark, this is a fascinating game, I think, because it's a really good gauge, as crude as it is, of how our, how far Arsenal have come.
1: Yeah, um, this is the first game since that defeat to to Man United at Old Trafford, where I think everyone was quite pleasantly surprised and pleased with their performance despite the results. There were negatives, there were issues that they would need to iron out, but it was a bit more of a mature mature performance away at a big six team than we've probably become accustomed to, even though United are in transition themselves. Um, This final score was slightly harsh. But they're still top of the league they've not had europa league commitments this week which is obviously a plus so they're well breasted they'll arrive at brentford well prepared um with largely a full squad available to them too because i think thomas Partey has been back in full training as well so uh, that team starts to look pretty strong again and it's you know chalk and cheese really compared to to where they were when they went to brentford in that match that you mentioned at the beginning of our season where they barely had a team to sort of scratch together and they were completely underprepared and Uh, And overawed really by a Brentford team, sort of fresh on the heels of of promotion really. So um, I think Arsenal do deserve to be taken seriously, even as odds on favourites. They went off around 1.85 at Crystal Palace on match day one. So I've got no issue with them being favourites and odds on really away at Brentford, even if I wouldn't be sort of uh, keen to sort of back it myself. Um, I preferred the goals route to begin with because Brentford have been tremendously fun to follow this season. The 5-2 against Leeds was was quite exhilarating and and tremendous entertainment for neutrals. Almost four non-penalty expected goals in total in that match. 31 shots, 14 shots on target. So... Uh, And despite the scoreline, actually, Leeds generated the the highest share of the XG. Um, So Game State obviously would have played a part there. But, you know, since thrashing Man United, Brentford's matches have been really quite open, particularly the Bees have been defensively open to themselves. They've allowed 6.51 XG uh, across their following four matches against Leeds, Palace, Everton and Fulham. So not the hardest of schedules. Allowed 61 shots in those four games, too. So that should give Arsenal plenty of encouragement the issue is Brentford have been doing some damage themselves actually in the final third generating over seven non-expected non-penalty expected goals in that same sample Ivan Tony of course hitting the headlines and sort of putting his hat in the ring for England contention so You know, Brentford's matches have been very, very um, open, expansive, exciting, particularly since United's um, sort of rollover at at, at the community stadium. So, goals was where I was heading. Um, BTTS has landed in five or six Brentford games, overs in four of six. At the community stadium, since promotion, they've scored in 16 of 22. uh, And 59% of Arsenal's away days since last season have gone over. Uh, Their only clean sheets of the campaign came at Bournemouth, who are powder puff at best, and Palace on match day one, where they probably should have conceded in fairness, but um, looking at the prices, overs has been sort of clipped into about 1.72, which is a little bit short, and it sort of made me sort of browse around on Thursday morning for an alternative, and I think I found one because if you're going to back three goals or more in this match, and you consider Arsenal or odds on favourites, well, Arsenal will probably going to be in for at least two goals in the match if that's going to be kind of occurring. But we can actually back Gabriel Jesus to either score or assist at five five to six one point eight three um, as a single, and that really appeals. He scored three times already this season. He's assisted three goals in six appearances already. And if you look at his underlying figures, um, the uh, expected goals and expected assists per ninety is coming in at zero point eight four, which is incredibly strong. Wow. So he- he is having a serious impact in, in that Arsenal team in forward areas. Uh, so to consider the 5-6, to six, uh, 1.83, I think that's a, a really nice alternative. Doesn't need to score, can assist, either or. We just need him to be involved in a goal involvement uh, for Arsenal away at Brentford. Um, so yeah, that would be my play for this match.
0: Maths whiz and top tips to Mark Stinchcombe is once again in the starting lineup. Stinch, I must admit, I've been getting Brentford wrong by and large. I thought last season... They would struggle towards the end of the campaign, but Christian Eriksen came in and his performances helped them clear of danger, although not clear by that much in the grand scheme of things. But, you know, they were safe. This season without Eriksen, I thought "Mm, they might struggle again. Maybe they'll have a bit of the dreaded second season syndrome, but they look strong again.
2: Yeah, I was exactly the same as you. Very, <clears throat> very concerned up until they got Ericsson in. I think they'd lost thirteen of their previous twenty-one games, and they were they started the season really well. They were it, it really tight, and they were, were grinding out nice results. They were they were you know, getting one one nil wins, or I think they went to Wolves and won two 0 and and uh, they had a very good game against Liverpool, and they drew three three. But understandable to con- be conceding three goals against liverpool with the fact they battled back to to get that three-all draw yeah i was really positive about them uh, i had been positive about them for a while to be fair and we've talked about their business model it's, it's just it just lends itself to being successful long term um without investing shed loads of money so it's the right way to go about it in in my mind and yeah they lost ericsson so yeah i was i was the same as you quite worried or concerned how they would be beginning this season. I think they were like fifth or sixth relegation faves. I don't think any of us now think they'll get relegated. They've started really well. Mark said, you know, they... Ivan Tony has uh, managed to increase his goal goal count, and you've got uh, Brian and who, who just seems to be perennially unlucky in the Premier League. <laughs> Can't stop hitting the woodwork. I think he's a hell of a player, though, isn't he? Yeah, I think all of a sudden he'll just hit a run where everything just starts going in, and you'll and you'll see him contribute to the attack as well. There, um, I've, I've mentioned it before a few times, I think, on the podcast, and he's not actually had much minutes yet, but I'm really excited about the prospect of Damsgaard from yeah. Sampdoria we see you only know, have to see the free kick he scored against um, England in the Euros but that that if you just look at the way he plays and his, the numbers behind how he plays it's just it's just really really good and he's going to be one to keep an eye on as, as our Denmark are at the World Cup in in a couple of months and they've got Keenler Lewis part from Hull who's putting up really good numbers for Hull and you know the fact that Brentford bit the bullet and took it took it I I, I won't, I think it's a gamble, but I think, you know, it, it probably will work out. I think it's positive. If you, if you're looking at a player and you think, oh yeah, he looks like he's doing well, then you see Brentford go for them. It kind of, you know, just confirms that what you're seeing with your eyes is is true. So yeah, Brentford long-term, I think going to be, are going to be absolutely fine. Anything. you think, I could be concerned. I wouldn't be back in Arsenal odds on this weekend without without party in the midfield. Their their win percentage drops significantly without, without him in there. And as Mark mentioned, the the goals you want to you'd want to be siding with goals in this game. But over two point five, just eight to thirteen. So yeah, quite happy to cheer on uh, Gabriel Jesus to to be part of uh, be part of this goal threat. Maybe you could t- maybe you could actually make back Jesus and Tony both to score or or look at um, you know uh, both to hit the uh, two shots on target, something like that. I think. I think if you think the match is going to have goals and those odds aren't attractive enough, then it leads you to who is most likely to to contribute to those goals, as Mark has mentioned. So, yeah, Sunday, Sunday lunchtime, isn't it? So, um, yeah, if you're sat in front of the TV, maybe have a try and find something involving both Tony and Jesus to contribute.
0: And if there was a market for Brian and Burmo to hit the post and the bar in the same game, uh, then maybe you'd go for that too. Uh, thrilled to say that trader Emmett O'Keefe is with us once again. Emmett, how do you view this one? Because Arsenal do seem to have changed since that team that was bullied effectively on the opening weekend of last season
3: absolutely that was kind of a, it wasn't a kind of a kind of callow Arsenal team it was weakened by kind of COVID absentees and, 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 and things of that nature but I think I was just thinking though as, as you said it Brentford are nearly now like they're, they're kind of the, the Premier League's kind of can you do it on the way they at Stoke Brentford are that team yes, now with this level. True. <laughs> they, they were not in terms of like they're they're kind of a playing in a kind of an antiquated t- uh, Tony Pulis style of football. It's more they're an unbelievably physical team. Like you could people associate analytics with maybe kind of a bit of finesse and kind of technically gifted. Brentford aren't that team. This is like is like the, uh, Brian and Buemo and Ivan Tony are two of the most physical strikers in the Premier League, and and will like and will test you in in aerial in a way few strikers really do anymore. And then with with, with, the, with players like uh, Pontus Janssen, the back, they're a, they're a threat from set pieces and they're just, they're a f- constantly a physical test uh, and, and, and I think we're, we're kind of guaranteed to see, to see a similar intensity. I'd echo, echo what the lads have said, I think I wouldn't without Thomas Partey, I, I wouldn't trust Arsenal on the match prices the, the thing the price that appealed to me for the better, maybe Gabriel Martinelli to score just his kind of shot count is up there similar to Gabriel Jesus as the most for Arsenal he'd a, he'd a brilliant finish for that uh, disallowed goal at Old Trafford and in general I think he's been in excellent form I think of Arsenal's forwards I think the way it's set up Saka again more of a provider Odegaard more of a provider I think Martinelli's kind of would be, would be Arsenal's biggest goal threat outside of Jesus but Jesus is 5-4 scoring any time and you're getting Martinelli at over 2-1 at a bigger price than Saka, a bigger price than even Tony. So I think Martinelli probably just scores a small bit of value, I think.
0: It's worth bearing in mind, you can get one completely free £2 bet to use on bet builders on any Premier League game between the 16th and 18th of September. T's and C's in the description, 18 plus, see With Premier League action a bit thinner on the ground for obvious reasons, we are going all continental for this Sunday's action. Mark I'm going to start with you put the beret on because we're off to liga uh, that's still a thing isn't it berets in france apparently quasson and Goloirs and all that stuff uh, nonce against lons
1: <laughs> yeah um lons head coach uh, Haas, has been um, well he was installed as the new odds on favorite for the the vacant role at brighton in, in this midweek so um intrigued to see where that goes um, if you look at the the sort of names linked with the brighton Managerial role this week. They're all kind of names you'd probably sort of nod your head at and go, yeah, that's fair enough. That's a smart club who knows exactly what they're looking for across the continent, really. And he's uh, achieved remarkable things with Lons, um, taking him up from, from League 2 and stabilizing them in the top flight with two successive uh, seventh place finishes. Um, there's been, you know, there are a smart club, Lons, and there's been some really good sort of succession planning, particularly on the field. They've seen a lot of key players depart over the last two years or so, but they keep finding rough gems and Frank Haas keeps kind of turning them around and and producing some fantastic performances from that team and seven games into the new season, they're they're hanging on to the coattails really of PSG and Marseille at the top of the table. Five wins, two draws and zero defeats. They've already thrashed Monaco 4-2. They've already beaten Wren uh, 2-1, two very difficult matches. They've racked up 16 goals in those seven games as well. And if you look at the underlying figures, only PSG are generating a higher XG figure. Uh, and on a per-game basis, Lons have been 0.81 XG better than their opponents, uh, which is very, very strong. Uh, firing in the fourth most shots from inside the penalty area too. So um, I like them, providing that the, there's no change uh, in the managerial hot seat before Sunday, which I don't believe there will be. But i um, Yeah, they're playing away at Nantes who are back in Europe for the first time in around 20 years or so. Uh, They won the French Cup last season. Um, So quite a historic occasion for them. Uh, Traditionally quite a famous French club with many Ligue 1 titles under their their name. But um, yeah, it's been a a pretty difficult sort of last two decades for them. But they're they're back in Europe. But the thing is they're having to travel away to Azerbaijan to play Karabag on Thursday night. And that's a, a hell of a journey really for a team who are not accustomed to uh, continental travel or even having to play of twice uh, midweek. So they've tabled just one league victory all season so far. They've kept one clean sheet domestically as well and they've lost three or four games against the current top half and are posting a negative XG process during the early part of the season too. So this looks like a really difficult game for Nantes, particularly against the Lons team who are all action, all energy and, and very difficult to play against at the best of times, uh, not least when you've kind of coming off a what is it, whatever it is, uh, an eight-hour journey um, back from Azerbaijan uh, on Friday. So um, Lons plus a zero on the Asian Handicap is trading at 1.73, basically the same as, as draw no bet, and that, that really appeals to me. I'd be very surprised if they lost this game. Uh, they tend to do their best work at home, but I just think the situation is right to get them on side away at Nantes who will be weary and fatigued after their continental exploits.
0: Interesting game in Spain in in uh, at the weekend, rather. It's the Unai Emery derby, of course, Villarreal, against Sevilla. He's led both clubs to Europa League glory. And Emmett, Villarreal look way better than Sevilla at the moment. Sevilla have been pretty awful, truth be told. I mean, I know they won at Espanyol last weekend, but they look well off it. Villarreal, the complete opposite.
3: That's it, exactly. And it's kind of that's that's my logic too. And it's kind of saying that the, basically the match prices don't quite reflect the kind of golfing glass between the two sides. I, I often find early in the season, the match prices are kind of based on really, a little bit more on pre season expectations rather than actually what the season's performance have been. And I think and just severe, really underperforming. And I always. I always like back back against teams with the managers are on the verge of the, the verge of the sack and I think that's very much the case with Sevilla he got a Julian Lopetegui got a kind of a he got a kind of a, vo, a vote of confidence last week but I think a kind of a, a defeat at Villarreal after kind of a very mediocre performance in a nil-all draw at Copenhagen I think that would that would that would that, that, that that'll seem, seem to part the club yeah as you said Sevilla were very fortunate to be in Espanol last week they've lost the the XG battle in four their five matches they, they look kind of a, a, Even a, maybe a mid-table A league aside at the moment um, With, with the, they, did, they did sign players in the summer And kind of As, as, we, as we always talk about see, There's always a lot of turnover So if a new manager came in Would I be surprised In the second half of the season To be Sevilla pushed towards 5th or 6th in Spain And kind of Finish third in the Champions League group And then win the Europa League No But at, at, <laughs> at, at, at the moment That's see the if plan. Exactly See if Sevilla are well, well away from that And Villarreal look like they were kind of they, they were a little bit unlucky in terms of their, their numbers last season. The numbers that they were better than where they actually when they ended up finishing in La Liga. But this season they look really like they're probably the third best team in La Liga this season, especially with Jared um, Ger- 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 Moreno Fish Moreno actually just picked up a ham- hamstring injury recently, so he may not play. But Arnaud Danjuma should be back. Anyone who watched Real in the Champions League will know this guy. D- Danjuma is one of the kind of coming, yeah. coming, coming att- uh, kind of attacking wide forwards in Europe. And all in all, I just think. Villarreal at around 1.75, 1, 1.8. And the, uh, on the date day the exchange, look, a really solid bet to me. I think, I think and even I wouldn't put anyone off the handicaps as well, I think it should be a pretty confident Villarreal win- winner.
0: Yeah, we wondered, I think, whether that Villarreal team that got to the semi-finals of the Champions League would be broken up. But in the end, that just didn't happen. Uh, let's go to Germany then, because, uh, Stinch, you've got uh, quite an intriguing game between Union and... And Wolfsburg, because Wolfsburg have just picked up um, their first win, but they're still not very good. Union, we're not quite sure they're top of the league, but we're not quite sure how they're going to deal with the stresses and strains of Europe yet.
2: It's the Max Cruiser
0: derby, right? Yay! Well, it would be if Niko Kovac, the Wolfsburg coach, hadn't booted him out of football because he made him train with the goalkeepers this week.
2: Yeah, ostracized from the club, right? Yeah, he was the man that rescued them last season. He came in in the deadline day, pretty much, uh, when the club was just two points above the drop. He scored 7-14, in finished just one behind the top goal scorer in only half a season, just goes to show how bad everybody else was doing, and dragged them to finish nine points clear. Yeah, there's something that's gone on, I'm not sure entirely what i tell you what it is.
0: If there was ever a personality clash going to happen in German football this season, it was that. Because Kovac demands uniformity, demands 100% effort, blah, 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 all that stuff. All that stuff you'd expect from a coach. Cruiser will play, you know, PlayStation on Twitch until four in the morning, rock up to training, kick a ball about for a bit, then disappear to a shisha bar for a bit, uh, then probably go to a poker tournament, and then he might rock up to training again. But, if you accept all that from him, he'll perform for you. And Urs Fischer, when he was at Union, understood that. He was like, right, look, Max is completely different. It's one of those where you take the other players aside and say, look, I know you're annoyed because he only turns up to training and doesn't really try, but on a match day, he's going to win the game for us. So you do what I ask you and let him do what he wants. That's basically how you get the best out of him. And Kovach was never going to let him do that in a billion years.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure about Nico Kovac long term, to be honest. I'm disappointed with the job he did at Monaco. Just seemed to be very inconsistent, and it's kind of difficult to agree with what he's doing with uh cruiser, given the fact he's just he's won just one game and they find themselves in the relegation zone. Okay, maybe you know get yourselves into mid table and then ostracize him, but I you know the transfer window is shut. They can't do anything like if. It probably will be happen that his contract is just going to be ripped up, isn't it? And he can go off and do whatever he wants. But I think it's very dangerous, considering as I say, they're they're in the relegation zone and and they're not playing very well. They're deserved deservedly back down there. They're second yeah. bottom for expected goals for. They're third bottom for expected goals against, which ultimately makes them third bottom for expected points, and that's where they find themselves. So yeah a lot of problems at wolfsburg and and that's since the beginning of last season because he was the reason as i say that they managed to cl- climb their way out of of, of trouble um, what can you say about union berlin that's com- it's they're completely opposite right everything yeah. it, everybody's on the same wavelength they're top of the Bundesliga. Urs Fischer is doing an amazing job being able to juggle Europe and the Bundesliga. Like Union Berlin priced up again as, as a potential relegation candidate, and yet they're, they're completely ripping up that. They' lost their top three scorers from last season a one year. Um Cruiser as we mentioned and uh forget the other guy's name, but he's just gone Grisha to Hoffman. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And yet yeah, they've brought in yet yeah, Sheraldo Becker's moved up another level he's already scored more goals than he did last season and I really like the partnership of him and Sabaccio up front they're just literally they're they're a bit like Tony and Bremer at Brentford they're going bully the opposition they're fast they're aggressive and I just don't think this Wolfsburg team is going to like coming up against them and Union Berlin unbeaten in the last 13 matches but at home it's just two defeats in 36 Bundesliga matches and that's their whole history they never played in the Bundesliga up until a few seasons ago and those defeats are against Bayern and Dortmund so it just goes to show what an incredible record that they've got um they're priced up as uh, around about evens this weekend which gives us an opportunity again to back Union on the Asian handicap minus a quarter around about 1.8 on the exchange so if they they're, they're away to Braga Thursday night Union so if they're a bit tired or something or don't quite get into you know third or fourth gear uh, and it finishes in a draw you're going to get half estate back so yeah I think side with kind of my little sort of thought process when it comes to the Bundesliga is obviously the likes of Bayern Dortmund Leverkusen they're obviously quite short prices but if you can find a price with the likes of Union Freiburg Mainz to get on side I think long term you'll show a profit
0: Yeah, I think that's a fair way to go and Stinch is absolutely right about the home record. They lost their very first Bundesliga home game 4-0 to RB Leipzig. Since then they've played 50-odd games at home in the Bundesliga and I think they've lost three. It's a ridiculous record. Really quite extraordinary for a team of of their size. Uh, This football season you can get a helping hand with Betfair's popular Bet Builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description, 18plus, see gambleaware.org. Let's go back to France, Reims against Monaco, Mark O'Hare. Monaco, I cannot work out, Mark, because Philippe Clermont took them over last season. They finished the season like a TGV. They were marvellous. And yet they're still a bit flaky, aren't they?
1: Yeah, um, I think I've got a degree of sympathy for them, really, because I guess for the second season running, they've lost out in the Champions League qualifiers and, and the no knock-on kind of effect that can have uh, mentally it must be pretty dramatic, really. It's such a huge disappointment. Your whole season's kind of been chucked off, of course, really, because of that. And it probably does take time for them to sort of resettle themselves. I'm not saying they've refound really themselves in the last couple of weeks, but back-to-back wins... Away at Nice, when they were pretty good, and then last week, where admittedly Nubel in, in goal was was effectively man of the match when beating Lyon two one. Um, big results considering, really, and they are now in the Europa League and they're playing there on Thursday night. um have got Ferencváros at home, so in theory, not the not the toughest or most strenuous task and they are at home. So that's a, a positive, really. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm expecting them to put in a, a decent shift at Rams because they gave PSG their toughest test of the campaign in Paris earlier this season. And their road record under Clermont is, is really quite decent, actually. Seven wins, four draws just the two defeats, and they're averaging 1.62 goals in those away days as well. Um, but their league matches, as have uh, basically League 1 as a whole so far this season, have been really quite fun. Um, averaging 3.1 non-penalty expected goals in Monaco matches so far domestically, and a massive 19.43 shots in the box per game on average, which is quite comfortably the highest in a division. So Monaco matches have been pretty wild so far, and they're facing a Rams team who don't tend to sort of, um, give opposition teams too, uh, too kind of time, basically, when they come there. because Rams at home are a bit of a force and traditionally they're pretty pretty rotten to watch. But under Oscar Garcia, they do give it a go. Uh, they scored in 16 of 22 home games under his tutorship. They've only kept six clean sheets in that sample. That's a 59% hit rate for both teams scoring as well. And actually, if you look at their matches this season, 2.68 non-penalty expected goals per game on average. Six of seven paying out for both teams scoring. They've yet to keep a clean sheet, but they have scored against Lons, Lyon, and marseille so i don't see any reason why they can't score at home against the monaco team who've kept just one clean sheet but scored in every match themselves so both teams to score is a big runner a little bit short but um you know if you're expecting both teams scoring then to push it up to over two and a half goals i don't think is a the biggest ask in the world and it's 1.85 i think that's quite a nice price considering how league has been playing out so far this season the fact that monaco's matches have been Pretty entertaining in the most part, and Rams at home tend to give teams a decent fight. So, yeah, three goals or more, one point eight five.
0: Let's move to Italy then. Probably one of the best games of the weekend, I would say, anywhere in Europe. Milan against Napoli. Napoli with a great win away at Rangers in midweek in the Champions League. Had about six million penalties awarded during that game. Uh, Milan uh, it had a bit of a wobble against Dinamo, but generally deserved to win. This is an early game in the title race, Emmett, No doubt about it. Absolutely, I think, the, I think the
3: the angle I like here in terms of is that there's two kind of key key players missing here. So F- Victor Osman obviously been missing for N- N- Napoli through injury, but Napoli, I think, I think in, in general, I think the good their sporting director Chris. Cristiano Gentoli totally, apologies for the pronunciation there but I think their sporting director has possibly done the best job of any of any of any any a person in that position in, in Europe this season the signing of Kovar for 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 9 million could go go down as like one of the one of the signings of the decade, not just the season. I think like I was just looking up the great, best kind of signings ever. Like Poznan, Robert Lewandowski went from for four million uh, to Dortmund from from Lech Poznan. Maybe quite be that good. But I think Kvaratskhelia. I think if he, if he was if he went on the market tomorrow, you'd be talking fifty or sixty million, maybe more. I think he he, he looks an incredible talent. S- selling s- selling Koulibaly for thirty five million looks really true business. Given his performance, gives performance for Chelsea this season, and I think I think maybe this maybe there was a loan. Deal here, but they, they the fee reportedly for Frank Sambo and Geese is thirteen point five million. Like anyone he's who's watched brilliant. him, he's looks one yeah. of the like. It's like is in anyone who I, I, I'm Fulham fans are good when they hear this, but this guy looks like one of, again. I'd say one of the best. Best 20 midfielders in Europe, I would say. He looks like a really, really serious player and a kind of interesting, and, and, and like has both the defensive and the attacking components to his game.
0: Sometimes and- it's a fit thing, isn't it? Because it might not fit with a certain coach. He might really enjoy working for Spalletti, really enjoy the players around him, be more settled. It can be loads of things, can't it?
3: Absolutely. And kind of to to add to that, because their sporting director is kind of kind of uh, great work they done this summer, they were prepared for the Osman injuries because he's had he's he's had very various different injuries over his time at Napoli For, for a good a player, that's been an issue. So they, they are that they, they signed two competent, probably possibly better than competent Serie A strikers in Raspadori from Sassuolo who's an Italian international, and 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 in good goals scoring during the weekends Rangers, and Giovanni Simeone obviously son of Diego, who scored against Liverpool. And, and was kind of a, a quality player for Verona last season. So I think they're, um, Napoli are well set up to kind of cope with the loss of Osman. Whereas AC Milan, for AC Milan, uh, Rafael Leao will be suspended after being sent off last week. I don't think Milan are as well set up to kind of cope without his loss. As listeners might know, Leao was voted kind of the MVP of Serie A last season. Yeah. 11 goals, 8 assists last season. 3 goals and 3 assists this season. He's clearly Milan's shining light. Like, I don't think... I think the Milan are a bit of an unbalanced team. That they have a few stars like him, Theo Hernandez, Tamori, Manian and Gold, But the rest of the team, the rest of the team is kind of more, a bit more mid-ranking Serie A level. Like I think they're kind of they're a team that's lifted up by their stars. Um, he'll, he'll probably be replaced by maybe Junior Masias or Charlotte Ketler this weekend I don't think that they're nearly the players in terms of that, that Serie A level that R- Raspadori and Simeone are so I think Milan will feel that loss more and given that I just I can't see how Napoli are so big here N- and Napoli are around 3.4 3.5 in the exchange like they have the be- their expected goal difference is the best in Serie A, Serie A this season yeah, they haven't had the hardest fixtures but their expected goal difference is up there with the likes so of Barcelona and Manchester this season they may not sustain it, but at the moment I think Napoli look an outstanding team, and I think if you want to play it safe, obviously kind of San Siro is a tough place to go, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think if you want to play it a bit safer, Napoli drawn or better, and two point four in the exchange that looks real value to me. I think I could see that that shortening up to maybe two point two ish.
0: And let's not forget, actually, Napoli won very impressively at Lazio earlier in the season. So they've gone away already to a a big team in Serie A. Obviously, Lazio not quite on the same level, but still looked impressive. Uh, Let's go to the Ruhr because it's Bochum against Köln. Stinch, we've talked about Thomas Rice and the fact that he was under pressure at Bochum and the whole thing's a bit of a mess. He's now gone. No big surprise there. And they take on a Köln team that I know are going to play in the Conference League on Thursday, but they are in way better shape than Borkham are right now.
2: Yeah, six defeats out of six for Borkham. And obviously, as you mentioned, they've got a new manager, so you kind of need to tread a little bit delicately. But I think I am going to so. And kind of part that for for now, but you look at the the odds of uh, the average odds of the uh, Bochum's opponents this season uh, around about four to five. Yet Cologne here are, are six to five, so I, th- I think we can continue to oppose Bochum for the time being while you get these prices. And I'm very happy to part that new manager simply because of the manager Cologne have got in Stefan Baumgart. Yeah, for, for, you know, for those that aren't aware, he's a manager that loves his sides to attack. So. You got a Bockham side that are obviously bereft of confidence and ability coming up against a team that are just gonna ignore that completely and just as I say, just plow on with with their process. They obviously lost Anthony Modeste, who's a who's a huge loss for them, considering the fact he got his form back and scored twenty goals last season, obviously he earned his move to Dortmund, But what I'm very positive to see is they're generating the fourth most expected goal so far in the Bundesliga, which is very impressive when you consider that really that top four should be Bayern, Dortmund, Leipzig, Leverkusen and everybody else is miles away. So that's very positive so far. And they've had 11 different goal scorers as well, so they've really managed to spread that weight of Modest, who was involved in everything pretty much, across lots of different players. So that's that's why I'm quite confident in their performances post-Modest, essentially. And at the other end, very impressed, actually, to see they've got the fourth best defence based on expected goals conceded, which kind of unheard of really for for a Baumgart side but it's a very positive start to the season um, which is no surprise when they're conceding just 10 shots per game which is the second best in the Bundesliga and you look at Bochum worst expected goals against in division and it's no surprise when they're conceding a huge 21 shots per game now as I mentioned I know we've got they've got a new manager and everything but I don't think that's something that's going to immediately change overnight you know confidence is very threadbare they'll probably try and enter this game in sort of a containing manner and I just think think cologne have got the potential to to blow them away with this attacking prowess that they've got so because because cologne are priced up uh, far and away above evens it means we can back them on on the asian handicap on the exchange minus a quarter around about even money so if there is is there any issues and then you come away with a draw we get half our stake back so i think that just mitigates the, the new manager factor
0: All sounds good to me. That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of previews on our website, betting.betfair.com, whether it's Premier League, Bundesliga, La Liga, Serie A, you name it. We've got it. Plenty of podcasts to listen to in the Betfair family. NFL Only Better, cricket Only Better, racing Only Better. If you listen to our voices and think, I wonder what those guys look like probably models, I imagine. You can find out because we're putting the shows entirely on YouTube for us. So check out our YouTube channel as well. From Emmett, from Mark, from Stinch and from me, it's goodbye for now.